Welcome to Queerly Recommended. I'm your host, Chris Bryant, and with me, as always, is Tara Scott. Woo! Hey, everybody. It is episode 11. Now, something big happened since the last episode. Well, Chris, you got your first haircut in more than a year. Holy shit, congratulations. Thank you. I got about eight or nine inches cut off. So now I can finally, like, you know, I, I I wish it was all the COVID weight within my hair, but it really wasn't. <laughs> but you can at least sit in a chair without injuring yourself. <laughs> right. Or in bed trying to turn and flip. Because let me tell you something. If you have long hair and you don't put it up and over your pillow, you're going to strangle yourself. And I have tried to kill myself several times. And so I was so happy to finally get a, an appointment and get it all back up. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> I know. And it was weird because somebody's like, why did you let your hair grow this long? I'm like, pandemic. First of all, I just thought, well, let's see how long I can grow it. You know, because Mm -hmm. where else am I going to go? What am I going to do? There's nothing going on. So let's just, let's have a challenge. Let's have a health and beauty challenge. Let's see if I can actually, let's see how long I can grow it. But I cut it back in April of last year. Like Mm -hmm. I think my mom hacked off a couple of, uh, uh, you know, Every year, I usually get about 10 inches cut off. It usually Mm -hmm. stays about the same length, but I just let it grow. And so I'm glad. I'm glad. I feel free. I feel lighter. Yes. But I'm also sad because I really love long hair. Well, I mean, you know what the answer is. Another challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Another challenge. The challenge for 2021 has grown out again. Oh, yeah. I know. And you have some exciting news too. Something great happened in your life. It's true. I was able to go for my first vaccine because in Alberta, there are a few provinces in Canada where they opened the eligibility for the AstraZeneca vaccine to 40 and above. And for once, being over 40 is paying off with more than just perimenopause and a bad attitude. So isn't that great? (laughs) I mean, unfortunately, our government is kind of uh, and by kind of i mean shockingly colossally shitting the bed when it comes to the response here so we were we're recording this episode about a week and a half like about a week and a couple days before it's actually going to go live so i don't even know what the numbers are going to look like at that point but our province has trying to think what our population is well nobody lives (laughs) nobody lives in canada (laughs) Nobody lives in Canada. No, I mean, in Alberta, it's probably about three or four million people total. And yesterday we hit our new record high number ever of 2,500 new cases. Like that's kind of where we're at daily now. So I think our premier is trying to vaccinate our way out of it. But it's like, okay, but it's not the 40 year olds that are driving new cases. You asshole. (laughs) We're, (laughs) We're the ones who have been staying home. And right. doing our best. And so, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. And obviously, of course, like, it is, as much as I say it's bad here, it is nothing compared to what's happening in some com- in some. Countries. Oh, my gosh. I, mean, I know. Like, what what's happening in India is absolutely heartbreaking. I was glad to see that your country's leadership Yay. is finally, like, releasing vaccines and releasing right. materials for vaccines um, to go help over there. Because it's right. just, it, it's one of those things that, yet again, is showing... A lot of the inequities and it's heartbreaking and so at the same time while i'm so grateful to have had mine i also just wonder like how can we help people in other countries right. get access 
Well, I think we're slowing down in the U.S. I think people have, you know, people who want the shot can get it. Mm-hmm. Half of the country is not getting a shot for stupidity reasons or whatever. We're not um, getting their follow-ups. Yep, yeah, and not getting their follow-up shots. And I'm just, like, shocked. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And, and you know, what gets me going is I'll go on Twitter and, you know, I'll fall down that COVID-19 vaccine <laughs> freaking hole. And no. and then I have to like respond and it's just like, stop it. You know, people are just going to do what they're going to do. And everybody's like, well, when you go into a store, you have to wear shoes and shirt. You know, why, why, mm-hmm. why can't you wear a mask? And like, there's this whole, I just don't understand it. I blame Trump. I will always forever blame Trump for anything, everything bad that has happened the last four years. Oh, do it. He was trending on Twitter this morning and I was like, uh. my, my heart started pounding. I'm like, why? Why? What did he do? And then I was like, oh, wait, he's not allowed on Twitter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, and I, my mind goes to like, I, I'm, you know, it's like you when you when you read a book or when you see a movie, you're all about the, the angst, like you think something bad's going to happen. And I feel like whenever I see his name, I think something bad has happened because when is it ever good? I know. It's like we all just collectively have PTSD now, regardless of if it was your country or not your country. We're all just like, right. <gasps> Oh, no. So. But how about, on a wildly different note, because let's stop talking about (laughs) that asshole. (laughs) We we have a whole bunch of people to thank on a few different fronts today. um, Because, you know, what? we've had a lot of people reaching out to us, and we're just so grateful, and we want to uh, share the love right on back. So Zap32 reached out to me on Twitter and said, Loving Edge of Glory by Rachel Spangler. Thanks for the recommendation. That's probably because I have an auto scheduler that I use to tweet out five of my previous reviews a day. I've been professionally reviewing Lesvic for five years on a bunch of different sites. And so I think I have four or 500 that are kind of in there. And so if you're looking for new recommendations, come find me on Twitter, Tara M. D. Scott. So yeah, that's probably how she found that book. Also, so glad that you enjoyed it. I love that book. That is my favorite of Ray's. Everybody should read it. Oh, yeah. Actually, this is going to be perfect, and people are going to find out why later on. But it's like an ice queen figure skater with uh, a carefree, it's an opposites attract, with this like go-with-the-flow kind of snowboarder. And so good. I love listening to Ray describe all research for mm-hmm. all of their books mm-hmm. love it mm-hmm. oh yeah and this one was great like go back to their if you look for edge of glory on their blog like some great stuff happened there one of the things that i really really loved about that book especially with the character who is the snowboarder i think her i think her name is Corey. is it just talks about how muscular she is which is like yeah you're an olympic level snowboarder right. that's exactly what's gonna happen and so i just oh stunning book but that's not even the whole that's not even the whole tweet so (laughs) she then goes on to say found your podcast never will have enough time for all the great recommendations but i will try i started with episode three in solidarity with chris bryant as an herber we'll listen to all for life right (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah no thank you zap we're so so glad that you're enjoying it i mean we're not gonna hold it against anybody if you can't get through all the recommendations right and uh, Wendy left a, uh, she left a review on Apple Podcasts that says, Chris and Tara are awesome, and I love the show. They have a great vibe. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank 
Thank you, Wendy. We're so glad Thank that you. you liked it. And you know what? Thank you to all the people that have left reviews or have even just left ratings. It really does help other people find the show. We really appreciate it. Wendy, we're sending you an air high five from afar. Now that we're vaccinated, maybe we can turn it into an air hug or something like that. Wendy lives in my state. She's on the other side of the state. So here's a high fives to Missouri State, even though we hate Missouri and the politicians in Missouri. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, I don't hate Missouri. I don't know anything about it. And then you said <laughs> Just the politicians, the politics, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I know that one. Josh Hawley can go die in a fucking uh, fire. I know. He's the literal worst. Oh, God. Wasn't I know. he the only guy yes. that voted for something? I- Oh, right, voted against the eight. <laughs> against the the happy hate thing. Like, who hurt him so bad? Who like, didn't kill him enough? Well, or that one. I don't know. I don't know well, that it's a hurt thing. I just think that he's just the most entitled white dude in Missouri who feels like the world belongs to him, and it's it's just him and Ted Cruz. Just. Ugh. Horrific people. Canada How? does not want Ted Cruz back, by the we, way. You know, F we you don't. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so. <laughs> we also had a few people who used Kofi to support the show, and we want to thank all of you who did that. You know, if for anybody who doesn't know what Kofi is, it's kind of like a digital tip jar. Um, it's a way that uh, content creators like and including us use to let people show their financial support if you want to do it once, if you want to do it on a recording basis, whatever you like. I know Chris and I, we are so grateful because it really yes. helps with the costs of running this show. And so, uh, you know, these three amazing people, we don't know all their names, especially the first one who literally didn't leave any kind of a, a name fake or otherwise, but they said always up for a queer podcast and frankly thought I'd already subscribed. So donation was in order for my negligence. Take Aww. care, ladies. Thank you. Fangirl Loves Pizza says, love the podcast. The recommendations are wonderful. Thank you, Fangirl. You also are wonderful. And Nancy Jean shared, you make me enjoy hearing about gaming. So weird. My Kindle thanks you for the new books to explore. My being thanks you for bi, pan, and trans non-binary visibility. My cat Patsy and I find joy in the audio hangout. Her. That is all. Thank you, Nancy Jean. And thank you, Patsy. How freaking cute is that? Yeah, you know what's funny? If you would have told me this time last year that I would be doing a new podcast, because I, I had a different podcast at that point, but if it was like, if you would have told me at that, that point last year, hey, guess what? You're going to be doing a podcast. Chris is going to be your partner. You're going to talk a lot about video gaming. I would have been like, are you <laughs> fucking high? And you know what? I love it. I am having so much fun with gaming, and... I love that people are picking up on the fun that we're having because that's, you know, I am having an absolute blast doing this. And if people are finding content to enjoy along the way, that makes my heart happy. That's great. And Patsy. I mean, come on. Come on, right? A cat named Patsy? That's the cutest ever. Cat listening to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's time for listener questions. And we got a question this week from queer weirdo human being on Twitter. What do y'all wish that straight would know about queer people, a.k.a. wish it was common knowledge? And I'm going to go ahead and take this one because (laughs) first, I'm going to take this one first, because my thing is just because you're straight and you're a woman does not mean I want to have sex with you. It does not mean that I'm attracted to you. It just means you're my friend or you're just a woman I just met or see. 
I, I feel like there's this, that's the one thing that people either want to know, are you attracted to me? Or think in their head, <laughs> oh my God, she's attracted to me. Or, you know, I mean, I just, I feel like that's not even a thing. I, that's a thing that should not be a thing. Yes. What about you? I absolutely agree. I'm going to yes and all of that. So I feel like for me, it's a little, um, it's a little different because, and I mean, to do this, of course, I have to kind of disclose my like, where, where are my queerness uh, things or labels or whatever. And so for me, I am bisexual. I feel like I could use the term pansexual equally well, but I also feel like not as many people understand it. And so I use bisexual with the, I've seen a few different definitions for it. And the one that resonates best for me is that I am attracted to my own and other genders. And um, that's, you know, kind of an important thing. And I am married to uh, a straight man. I also identify as a genderqueer woman. I, I, I don't identify as fully non-binary, but I, I in some ways feel um, some kinship to some non-binary people. I don't feel like I exist outside the binary. I feel more like I slide along it. So that there are days when I feel more feminine. There are days when I feel more masculine. I haven't changed any pronouns. I don't feel like that's kind of important to me. And so I think all of that said, I guess the thing that I wish straight people would know is just don't assume anything and take a step back from whatever stereotypes that you might have. And especially as a person who is attracted to multiple genders, don't assume similar to yours. Like don't assume I'm attracted to everybody because I'm not definitely don't assume that I'm sleeping with everybody just because I've adopted the bisexual label I've actually been asked that before. I have been asked flat wow. out. Um, I'm not going to say who asked me, but I've been asked flat out if I am practicing, if I'm a practicing wow. bisexual, to which I was like, are you asking me if I'm sleeping with other people that are not Neil? And that, yeah, that was exactly what the question was. And which is like, no, because I'm not polyamorous. Like, those are very different things. Bisexual does not equal polyamorous. So, like, kind of take all of that idea about, and I mean, I, polyamory is absolutely fine if that's, um, if that's your jam. That's not something that I've ever taken on as a label. It's something I, like, we've never pursued it. We've never, so again, no judging, but it's not, it's not who I am and what I do. So don't assume that just because of the way my attraction works. And then the other thing is also don't assume just because I use she, her pronouns that I buy into any kind of universal idea of womanhood and kinship around that. Like my experience is going to be very different from anyone else who identifies as a woman. I, I don't want to, I, I don't like the, almost like that women, am I right? <laughs> or the like, just because I have a period doesn't mean that my, I don't know, I'm articulating this very badly, but basically like I just hate gender stereotypes and I don't right. buy into them. And often when I see stereotypes, like I fall more into the stereotypes about men, which I don't always love because I'm not a super big fan, especially of cisgendered straight men. <laughs> but yeah, that's my like, I guess that's my thing. I wish, I wish straight people knew that we were more than stereotypes about us. Well said. Yeah. Now, Yuri Fick on Twitter had a question for you and said flat out, probably more for Chris. Number one, 
Does the author get paid when we listen to their audiobook that is part of the Audible Plus catalog? Number two, what does the publisher slash author get out of making a release quote-unquote Audible exclusive? And number three, what are the motivations to put on Audible Plus versus full price? Now, Chris, you don't actually manage making like the production of your podcast. This is the podcast, the production of your <laughs> audiobooks, which are very different. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you know any of this? I, and, you know, unfortunately, I don't. I just know. I just, I, I really don't know. I don't know how the process works. I just know, like, hey, we're going to put this book on, on um, audio. Do you have, are you okay with this? Uh, narrator we talked about that last week or last mm -hmm. podcast about narrators and how we pick them and and but that's it i i get you know i get quarterly statements that say you know how many audiobooks have sold but that's it i don't know when bullstrokes books puts them in any sort of category and if they do i i just don't know the answer to that here's the thing however we know that there actually are some uh authors who listen to this podcast Hello, we love you. Thank you for following us. <laughs> and if anyone listening happens to know the answer to these questions, we would love for you to send them to us. And specifically, please email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com or you can DM us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And then we will share the answer on a future podcast episode because, I mean, I got to be honest, I'm curious to know the answer to these questions too. <laughs> and yes. I don't know what they are. Pause for more tea. Tea? Not coffee? Yeah. No, I can't drink coffee. It fucks with my anxiety. I used to drink coffee. I, I've had periods in my life, like I didn't drink any coffee at all until I was in university. And then I drank a lot of coffee when I was in graduate school. <laughs> and there was one day, so I lived uh, in half of the top floor of this house that was like well over a hundred years old. It was one of the historical homes in uh, Kingston, Ontario. Cause that's, I went to Queens university there. And on the other half of the floor was a first year med student. And uh, we each had our own space, but we were kind of like roommates. And I, <laughs> I said to her one day, I was like, Charm, I feel like my eyes are like bouncing all over the place. And she's like, you got to drink less coffee. And I was like, I'm, I, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't I'm not I'm not doing that and uh so yeah so I well I did end up having less because I started getting heart palpitations which again is like your body just being like fucking calm Stop. down dude <laughs> but I kept drinking coffee until I cut it out when I was trying to get pregnant with our oldest daughter because I bought into all of that like no you need to turn your body into this like perfect sacred temple and cut out all the toxins and whatever bullshit as if like people haven't been getting pregnant despite you know let's just say major, major challenges of, of all kinds throughout all of humanity. But she, so she was a baby with colic. I'm telling you my coffee journey now because I'm through the story and now I got to finish it, right? I can't not right. finish the coffee story. So I had had no coffee at that point for more than a year. I had had no caffeine at all in wow. more than a year. And I was like, well, she's not sleeping, so I'm not sleeping, and I'm not functioning, and I'm just going to try this. Like, yes, I might get the jitters. I was kind of afraid that I would just be like, it would be awful. And I had that first cup of coffee and I was like, oh, this is very nice. And it just went down like water. <laughs> and so I kept drinking it until um, probably about five years ago when I don't really, I can't really uh, pinpoint it, but my uh, anxiety just started getting 
pretty out of control and it was giving me like physical symptoms and dropping the coffee helped. It wasn't like the full solution, but it was um, a good part of the solution. So now um, I'll have like, sometimes I'll have like one cup of tea in a day, like a black tea, but that's about it. I miss coffee. It's nice. It's nice. I, but, see, I, I doctor mine up so much. Is it really coffee by the time I'm done with it? Oh. You know, I use like oh. French vanilla creamer and then I have like a little bit of cinnamon and sugar. Oh yeah, you're having dessert. <laughs> I'm having dessert. Yeah. Is it coffee? No. Like if I had to drink black, a cup of black coffee no. and I couldn't leave the table until I finished it, kind of like how it was when I was a kid and I had to eat Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I couldn't leave the table until it was done. Yeah. I mean, that coffee would be like super cold and it would be like three days later. <laughs> Because, like, black coffee to me. You will have peed your pants. <laughs> exactly. So, it's not my thing. But I have to have, like, the, uh, the, the, I have to fluffify my coffee. Yeah. Well, that's For fair. Sure. Well, how many, how much coffee are you having in a day, then? I only have one cup. Because, same oh, reasons. Yeah. Anxiety and just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I fight sleep. I mean, I, I don't fight sleep. I have an issue with sleep. And so I take medication mm-hmm. to, to slow everything down. And that's how I'm able to sleep. But I, I can't have oh, yeah. coffee past like 11. Noon. Yeah. Yeah. Like noon for sure. I won't have coffee. But I try to usually just have one cup before I leave for work or before I start work, depending on if I'm going into the office or not. And uh, that's it. And then that sugar helps wake you up with the caffeine. It does. But I think, you know, it's so funny because... I remember one time I had I, I had two cups of coffee and I was talking to two of my engineers and I was just blah, 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 blah. and <laughs> one of them looked at me and said how many cups of coffee have we had today and I was like oh my gosh you know what I had two and they could they could tell that I had two cups of coffee so I'm just like <laughs> I, I need to cut that off so oh my god that's so funny so in other news <laughs> for our listeners who love FF romances, The Lesbian Review, which is a, a site that I am a part of, I've been reviewing there for five years. We recently put out a new best of list, which is the 52 best Thawing the Ice Queen books. Lots of people love their ice queen. Yes, they do. <laughs> and so I really think, you know, Sheena's just doing a service to the world. Everybody uh, needs to read them. And actually, Chris, yes. you have a book on there. I do. I do. My book, Temptation, has made the list. Mm-hmm. And now, did you always see that as an ice queen romance? You know, I did. I did because Brooke Wellington is, you know, she is running her, her family empire and she doesn't, she's had really bad relationships and she just got out of, out of a divorce and she has a, a six-year-old son. And uh, she doesn't have time for romance or any sort of relationship. So I made her as stoic and as unemotional as I could because I think it's a lot of fun to see the to see the cracks yeah. as you're writing, see the cracks and the and, and and the ice queen starting to thaw just by little things. It doesn't have to be, you know. She might notice the uh, the love interest, but she won't put those thoughts in her head because mm-hmm. you know once they do, they'll never leave. But every so often, something's you know, sneaks in and crack, crack, crack. So I love writing ice queens. I should do it more. But I just, I think that this is, uh, this was a, a special story. I, I threw in as many uh, tropes as I could just because they're fun. Tropes are fun to write. People like tropes. <laughs> and ice queen was one of them. So I really enjoy it. Love it. So yeah, if you, dear listener, have been saying to yourself, 
where are all the ice cream books at? Head on over to Lesbian yes. Review, and uh, we can drop the link in the show notes as well if you don't want to do that. You yeah, can. it's a great list. It's a great list. Now, I feel like maybe we should talk about what we've been reading or watching. <laughs> now that we've talked about everything from our uh, right. Trump PTSD <laughs> to our coffee drinking habit. <laughs> yes. So I rewarded myself this week. I finished my manuscript. I finished my blurb. Oh, you know, congratulations. I'm a, thank you. I'm a super procrastinator. I wait till the last minute on everything. Like if I say, mm-hmm. oh, I've got, to, I have three months to write this book, you know, I'm still struggling in the 11th hour. So, um, yeah. so I rewarded myself. I said, I'm going to, I'm just going to watch some totally random, really spacey film. So mm-hmm. I found a movie that had Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. Tony Collette. What's not to love. Right? So far, you know, boom, boom, awesome. And mm-hmm. Dolls from Winona Earp. He's, he's I was cute. like, this is it. This has got to be the best movie ever. It's a movie called Stowaway. And I didn't like it. Oh, no. I did not like it. So it's supposed to be a reward. Anna Kendrick, come on. Was Anna she not Kendrick. good? Um, like, everything about it was just kind of unbelievable. And so, I mean, and I, I am an author. I know about stretching the imagination and trying to, you know, ask yeah. for forgiveness from your readers just to suspend your disbelief. And this one was just, I just could, I, I it ended, I was like, wow. So I do what not recommend. <laughs> Did you, have you watched anything good? Yes. So, so what, I, so this is awesome. Okay. So uh, I'm torturing myself and mm-hmm. I started watching The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, no. No. Yeah, season four just started, and I'm right. Had had you already watched all the rest of it? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're just I catching would... up on what's new, right? Because they just released. Uh, so what they do, and this is what I love. So Hulu doesn't release everything at once because everybody on Earth would binge watch it, and then it would take two years to build another season, and then you mm-hmm. forget, and then you have to go back and rewatch it. So what Hulu does for Handmaid's Tale is they release the first three episodes of the new season. And then once a week, you have to watch it. So you get that fix. You get that three hour fix of holy shit. Yeah. So so that, so that was me. So, um, Uh yeah, so it was really, you know, it's, I just tell myself, why do I do this to myself? Just when I think I've hit like rock bottom in this show, you know, (laughs) Whoosh, you know, the bottom slips out from underneath me and I still keep watching it because I have hope or desperation. It's something. It's oh, I keep watching it. Yeah. And it's no. like, do, do I have this horrible need to feed my own failures and feel better about them? Or, you know, why do I continue to watch the show? But I can't stop. So I'm going to go with hope. I have hope for this show. I remember distinctly, I think it was in its first season and one of my coworkers was like, you need to watch this show. It's you so amazing. Need and to watch I, right? Right. Which already shows that you know me better than <laughs> she did after no. she and I had been working together for three years. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, because first of all, I've read oh. the book. I mean, yeah. I haven't read it recently, but like I read the book. I know oh. what happened there, but, and I know the TV show is a totally right. different artifact, but to me, it felt too much like real life. Right. Like, when Margaret Atwood was writing that, I remember reading an interview at some point, and I can't remember if it was, like, as part of promo for the series, 
I think it might have even been years before that, but they were like, how did you come up with this world? Because it's this kind of like, it's it's a dystopian future. But at the same time, she's like, I looked at history. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. Right. Things like this have happened before, and it's not that inconceivable. And it was like, we saw steps towards it with your last president and yes. his government. Like, there right. were literally... Like there- the only thing was that there wasn't some like catastrophic event that like wiped out all of government so that some fascists came in. It was like, no, the fascists got voted in. Right. So to me, it just, it felt, especially watching the abortion restrictions that were going in like state by state, mm-hmm. what was happening there to me felt very like, oh no, like it's, it's just real life at this point. Right. Like I don't want to. No, yeah. no. Also, it seemed like it would be kind of rape-tastic, which is not my thing. Right. I don't yes, know if people know that about me. Big secret. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> it's also, uh, shocker, why I never got into Game of Thrones. Um, right. I tried four episodes of it, and Neil was like, so are you enjoying it? And I said, it's very good. And he's like, sure, but are you enjoying it? And I was like, No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are some really tough shows out there for women to watch. Yeah. Or anybody who's sensitive. And I think, like, I watched Game of Thrones, too. Like, for sure, I watched it. And Handmaid's Tale. It's, it's, I think it is hope. It's like, okay, surely this is going to get better. Like, surely this, this is going to get better. And that's, I, so it's this hope thing that's inside of me that's like, I'm invested in this because, like, sure shit, this could happen here in this country. Yes. Freaking Josh Hawley running for president in 2024 or 28 or whatever. Like, this could happen. I could totally see this. It's mm-hmm. just, and so I was like, so, and since history repeats itself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be prepared. That's why I watch zombie stuff, because when the apocalypse comes, I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> That's so. right. You'll have your action <laughs> plan in place. I have my action plan. So exactly. do you have, like, you have your slow zombie action plan? Do you have your fast zombie action plan? Your- yes. I even have I even have drivers. I know who's going to be driving, mm-hmm. like and and what kind of cars I'm going to okay. be driving. So it's funny. It's just kind of funny because mm-hmm. just because I just it's for fun, really. But oh yeah, seriously, yeah. I think I think that I just I watch this stuff because to see like if something like this could happen, like mm-hmm. what is happening, especially politically. I have to stay attuned, you know, to everything that's going on in our mm-hmm. politics to make sure that yes. like, we don't regress anymore. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so did you watch anything else? Yes. So because I didn't torture myself enough uh, <laughs> I, and I hate my friend Tiffany for recommending it, but she said to start Cruel Summer. And I want to say that's also on Hulu. So Is both, it a TV show or a movie? It's a TV show. It's a series. Okay. And uh, it's about angsty teenage life and like there's like yeah it's it's i don't know why i did this to myself i'm sure sh- i was shredded over handmaid's tale and i went mm-hmm. straight into there down the slippery slope and and now I, tiffany's not your friend anymore <laughs> tiffany can suck it because she <laughs> has given me some really bad advice and suggestions so and and whole summer i think is one of those where it's released all at once or maybe it was from a while ago and i'm just now watching it i don't know but i only made it through three episodes so that's where i'm at Oh my god! What about you? What are you reading and watching? So funny! I know enough of this hardship. 
Uh, so in terms of what I'm watching, so Neil, Amanda, and I are watching because this is uh, an ongoing thing. We continue to watch things with Amanda. We started rewatching. So Amanda had never seen the Clone Wars TV series, which is like from Star Wars. It's this <laughs> animated series, and we were. Actually, she'd never seen Rebels either. I can't remember which one we were talking about first. We were like, <gasps> you haven't seen <laughs> And so we're starting a great uh, rewatch of the series. And we also started watching the show Shadow and Bone on Netflix, which they oh, yeah. like. They like it very much. I hate a lot of the people in the cast. I don't. I mean, we've talked about how, like, I am a sweet baby. I don't like cruelty. Yeah. Like, I don't like watching cruelty. And there's a lot of cruelty in this show. And so what I do is I play a game on my Switch while I listen, and they actually um, watch and pay attention. And that is working out better. Okay. In terms of what I'm watching for myself, so Drag Race US is over. The season that seemed like it would never end. They actually, <laughs> well, they went four episodes without an elimination. They had, like, two oh or my three gosh. double saves. Like, it was insane. But, I mean, also, if you're going to have an extended season, like, yeah, you know what? The quarantines is the time to do it. Give everybody... Thank you, Mama Rue, for giving everybody a gift. <laughs> we all needed that. They're in the top four. There were two that I especially wanted one of them to be the winner. There was another one that I would have been quite happy if she won. And then there was one other one that I was like, no. Absolutely not. No. So... Of the two that I wanted to win, one of them made it to the final two and actually did win, which made me so happy. So that's uh, Simone. Absolutely stunning. Stunning drag queen. So beautiful. Very funny and campy at times. Also, you know, really committed to using her drag to showcase black excellence, which I loved absolutely loved so good and i was so i was very very happy that she won i would have been equally happy if gotmik won um gotmik is the first trans man to compete on rupaul's drag race and had some looks that were so gorgeous and especially in that finale i was like oh (laughs) oh my god how how like the artistry and just incredible the person that i did not want to win made it to the top two and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, Elevation, that's it's conceivable. And I mean, I have nothing against, like, Candy Muse is that drag queen. I have nothing against her as a human. I am not going to be that person who is going to, like, talk a bunch of shit. Because, like, some of the some of the, the drag queens that compete on Drag Race, especially queens of color, get a lot of hate. There, there's a lot of racism in the uh, fandom, unfortunately, and I think it's really gross just how many of the Black and Indigenous queens that have been, like, driven off of social media by it. Um, that is not me. I'm not going to talk that kind of shit about Candy Muse. It's just, for me, she was actually eliminated in one of the earlier episodes, and RuPaul was just like, I'm not ready for you to go home yet. Oh, wow. And so to see her land in the top two, and, like, to be fair that particular lip sync that got her from top four to top two, she definitely did better. Mm. She was competing against a drag queen who was injured, but I was talking to my brother and sister-in-law about it. They're the ones that got me into drag race in the first place. And I was like, I just, I just like, what? She got to top two. And my sister, (laughs) and my sister-in-law said, yeah, it's kind of like that kid in class who gets the answer right in math, but like can't show the work for how they got there. (laughs) 
And I was like, yeah, that feels right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little sad that it's over. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Well, in good news, Drag Race Down Under started. <laughs> oh, nice. So it was like we went from one week to the end of Drag Race US to Drag Race Down Under. And that's been really fun. I kind of love that they opened it up. It was supposed, I think it was originally supposed to be Drag Race Australia, but COVID happened. And so New Zealand basically told the TV and film world, you know what, we don't have COVID here if you want to do your productions here. And so that's uh, where it ended up being. So there's three New Zealand queens there. There are a couple of Aboriginal queens. Some of them are so, so good. Um, and my favorite in particular, I think this might also be my favorite drag queen name that I've heard in a oh, while. tell me. <laughs> it's Karen from Finance. <laughs> And her entrance look is inspired by Jane Fonda in Nine to Five. It's just I love it. Spectacular. I don't know who's gonna win. Like I'm not totally sure. Usually I have some kind of like a, this is who I think the top four is going to be. I'm not sure yet for the full top four, but I do hope that Karen from Finance makes it there. Um, because so love far it. she is the queen of my heart for this season. So <laughs> yeah, there's that. But in terms of reading, I think, you know, for people who've been listening the last few episodes, I've been talking about how I've been kind of like digging into the history of punk music very specifically. And my latest uh, book that I've picked up is definitely along those lines. It's not recent, but it's called Please Kill Me, The Uncensored Oral History of Punk by Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain. It was recommended to me by a friend at work. It was the same friend who's been like helping me with actually getting into the music, with Spotify playlists and stuff like that. And it's really, really interesting because it's not, it's, it's the first time I've seen a nonfiction book like this. And I'm sure there are others like this. In fact, I think like McNeil has done other ones like this, but instead of it being like following some kind of a narrative where it's like told in the third person and this happened and then this happened, it's, it just goes from person to person. It's like quotes from people. And you go from like quote to quote to quote to quote. And the way it's laid out is what tells the narrative. And so say like in the prologue, it talks not only about Velvet Underground, but talks a lot about Velvet Underground because that's like, you don't get the punk scene without Velvet Underground. And so you see, um, and especially with that, like the first album that the one with the banana on it, the one that, um, Andy Warhol was involved in developing. And so you'll go from like somebody talking about how they brought Nico into it. And then you, you hear from Nico and then you okay. hear That's some cool. guy. Yeah. Like there's this one guy who's like, everybody got to bang Nico, but me. And it's like, well, you sound like an <laughs> asshole. And then this other person who's like, Nico banged almost nobody. And I was like, Oh yeah, he is an asshole. <laughs> so if you're at all interested in the history of punk, I really recommend it. And if you're like, okay, but is it queer? If there is a guy who talks about having sex with Lou Reed. So there you go. There's a little bit of, uh, there is a little bit of queerness there. Lou Reed also sounds like a colossal asshole from what I've read <laughs> so far. And good news, he had a fantastic voice. So I guess it worked out. Yes. It is clear, like, when you go into it, you just kind of got to know that, like, women were not treated super well in this scene. And so that's, like, you have yeah. to be prepared to I think take we're learning this. In. I think we're learning this. Early rock, 
punk, just about any sort of music, I think we're we're seeing in life in general. I mean, women were not treated well. No. And there like there's very much like a any hole is a goal vibe to a lot of these guys. That's which okay. sucks. But at the same time it's like you're you either want to learn about this history or you don't. Right. So I would say it's one of those like very much your mileage may vary. On a wildly different note, I'm also reading a romance. This is the part that's <laughs> gonna shock people because it has a man and a woman together. But it's still queer because she's bisexual. And so the book is called Hang the Moon and it's by Alexandria Belfler. And if her name sounds familiar, it's because she wrote a spectacular FF romance, one of my favorite romances of all of last year called Written in the Stars. And so this book has Brendan and Annie getting together. So Brendan is the brother of Darcy, one of the leads from Written in the Stars. And Annie is Darcy's best friend. So this is Brendan and Annie's book. So Brendan runs a successful dating app. Like he he is the founder and creator of this dating app, I believe. Nice. Um, it's Or he, he's at least like it's his company. And Annie, I don't really understand what she does. It's some kind of like, she works in HR. She does corporate strategy. I don't know. That's not the part of, of company that I work in. So it doesn't really matter. But the important thing is that Annie comes to Seattle because she wants to visit her best friend Darcy and Darcy's girlfriend Elle. And Darcy and Elle are in Canada. Damn it, Canada. They're on vacation. <laughs> Being so she in visits love. when they were on vacation? She didn't like. Yeah. Plan it out. She, so she. I mean. It's, she works in finance. It's a little bit of a. a it's a tiny plot hole. I'm not okay. going to lie. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> she decided to surprise them. Okay, um, that makes but sense. But you're right, that is, it is a, a touch of a plot hole because, like, she literally just shows up. Like, she just, like, flew there with all her shit and was like, hey I'm in your airport. And Darcy's like, I'm in Vancouver. <laughs> and so Darcy says, go stay at my apartment. Don't, don't get a hotel. Stay at my apartment. I'm going to send somebody over so that you can get in. She sends nice. her brother over. Brendan is Darcy's little brother. And it's like this scene is so great when when Annie's at the building and she's waiting. She's like, "Who's this hot guy getting out of this car?" And then she's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and so he learns that she is quite cynical about love. She doesn't really think it's a thing. She doesn't think true love is real. And he is like the squishiest, Aww. cinnamon rolliest. <laughs> he absolutely believes in love, and he's. I've just gotten to the part. Where, like, he has decided he is going to make her believe in love and he is going to do it by wooing her. And, of course, this is a romance, so they will be together in the end. But I think what's going to happen is that while trying to show her love, he is going to be completely fucked in the feelings department. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's so cute. I love revisiting this world. And I'm pretty sure the next book is going to be another FF romance. So I kind of like the continuity like there's another friend in the friend group who is single so i think it's going to be her turn next nice it's so cute and it's out june 1st i think okay it's not out yet um but if uh if that sounds at all interesting i think you know i don't read many stories about bisexual women who end up with men but it's kind of it's kind of nice and i just love how sweet brendan is i think that's the thing like part of why i didn't Part of what drove me away from reading romances um, with men as love interests was 
because it was that like I think I talked about that on a previous episode about how it was like alpha dudes were all the race yeah. then like you couldn't really find these like squishy sensitive sweets right. exactly and right. that's like I'm not married to a dude bro I'm not married to this like I'm gonna tell you what to, like that would just never <laughs> work right. um and so for me like I love like I love finding um I don't search for them very hard but like when I come across characters like that, where it's like, yeah, you, the the dude is actually like really sweet and really lovely. Rebecca Weatherspoon wrote one. Um, I actually edited that book for her, but the book Rafe, I love so much because he reminds me of Neil, like mm-hmm. this beardy dude who takes care of the kids and who like, it's just lovely. So yeah, I love it. But yeah, Hang the Moon. It's coming out. Go get it. Now, I'm just going to say, Chris. Yes. What is is your official recommendation this week? Okay. So, I loved, loved the U.S. version of Queer as Folk Mm -hmm. from years and years ago. Like, who Mm -hmm. didn't love the asshole Brian and the adorable Justin? Anyway, Peter Page, he played Emmett in the series Queer as Folk. Mm-hmm. And he directed a movie last year called The Thing About Harry. And he also okay. stars in it. So here's the synopsis. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like I pulled it from the internet and then I also added a few things because I didn't feel it was complete enough. So here's the uh, synopsis. Sam is a young gay man finishing college, and it's somewhere in Chicago, mm. who's forced to share a car ride with Harry, a popular jock who was his enemy in high school. So apparently they go to the same same college. Oh. So friends of theirs are getting married and they beg Sam to give Harry a ride back home because of their, they're having a, an engagement party. So their home is Liberty, Missouri, which is 10 miles up the road from me. So I'm like, oh, ah! okay, cool. I'm there. But that's not really the point why I watched it. <laughs> that was a bonus when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, Liberty, Missouri. That's a nice um, bonus though. It was. It was, it was, it was, because I mean, the Midwest, ah. Okay, so things take an unexpected turn when the car breaks down, of course, Mm -hmm. and they have to stay the night in a seedy hotel, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam learns... Is there only one bed? No, there's actually two beds in this. Okay. Sam learns that Harry has come out as pansexual, opening the door for a potential romance. Nothing happens, but they bond, and even though Sam says best friends could never date, you see and feel his longing for Harry. So, first of all, mm-hmm. Harry, played by Nico Taro, I think that's how you pronounce it, Taro, he's pansexual and super adorable. Like, super adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, you would totally love this guy. He's very carefree and goes with the flow. He doesn't really seem to have ambition, unlike Sam, who's like this, like, really, he's very driven. He has a plan. He yeah. knows what he's going to do after college. And they're complete opposites in life, but, they, but life keeps throwing them together. So this takes place over several years. It's like they run into each other. Oh, they run into each other at a party and they run into each other oh. here and there. So Sam, he he looks like he's so just stiff. It looks like he doesn't have any fun ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was teased in high school. And the reason why he just had such a, just a negative experience with Harry in high school was because Harry gave him a nickname and then somebody took it a step further and so his whole high school he was called a certain name and I honestly can't remember I think they called him Samantha or something like that something something Samantha so and and Harry doesn't even remember it so he calls him out 
Sam calls him out when they're in the hotel room. They're just like mm-hmm. hanging out. And he's like, you're the one that gave me this. And he's like, really? He goes, I'm so sorry. You know, he's extremely, you know, heartfelt about the apology. You feel mm-hmm. it. And he's like, how did you not know that I admired you in high school? Oh, he's like, you were out of high school and it was something that I could never be. And so the whole, the whole exchange is super sweet. And so, like I said, the movie spans several years and they bump into each other and they get close and you just want to scream, oh my God, kiss, kiss already. And then you're like, no, wait, wait a minute. Harry's kind of a jerk, but he's not really, he's super sweet and he's super smart. And so like, you're pulling for them the whole time. And so it's, you know, the ending is good. It's good. Yes. Yes. It is a good ending and it has a pansexual main character and it's, and it's, it's mainstream, like movies the quality is great i really enjoyed it yeah i i thought it was a great movie i was super excited that i that i that i saw it and i it wasn't one of those where i started i was like ah this is horrible (laughs) it's it's very you know it has that hallmark feel which is what what i like i like the the fresh sweet romance Mm -hmm. and yeah so i recommend the thing about harry I feel like I should see this one. I think I might you actually like this one. I would totally like it. I agree. Oh, I'm going to see if we can get it in Canada. Yeah, I want to say, I don't know what it was on. I don't know. If you talked into your, your... Yeah, I did my, my magical remote. and yeah. Actually, I don't even think I did that. I think I Googled. Because sometimes a, a lot of the LGBTQ movies are either like coming out stories. Like mm-hmm. 80% of them are high school you know, or college, and then you have the the 10% that are like the old lesbians from period piece like we talked about, and so I was trying to find something that was a little bit more adult, and so uh, I think I googled best queer movies of, you know, I went through 19, 20, and this year, and so this was mm-hmm. last year, that got a lot of good ratings, so I actually did my research and, and looked before I just leaked <laughs> Before you start watching, you're like, oh, shit, right. one of these this people are going to die for sure. <laughs> exactly. There's rape or there's death. I need to... Somebody's you know, I going to an use... institution. <laughs> exactly. I should use that stupid freaking website that we talk about all the time. It I didn't does even the think dog to... die. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say stupid, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I should have used that, but I didn't. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But you need to watch it. And I, I do recommend it. It's super sweet. And it has a lot of queer characters. So it's good. Good ending. Right. Solid, solid review. Solid. I like it. I'm going to look for it. Okay, good. Well, my recommendation this week is actually off of the 52 best Ice Queen books. Because I thought, what have I read or watched recently? That's a big recommendation. And I was like, nothing. So I needed inspiration. <laughs> um that's not fair i uh have been gaming more and reading less and i'm not playing any queer games right now and that list just has so many really good books to be honest like if you go to that list if you do a search for my name like any of the books that have my name to it are ones that i personally vouch for and my recommendation is the one that i vouch for the most which feels like a bit of a betrayal to lee winter i'm so sorry you know i love your book or so me much i also love your book so much i'm so <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah lee lee like took that i mean she for sure writes a lot of great ice cream books 
Yes. And to be honest, I could, I also highly recommend, um, especially her book, The Red Files, has one of my favorite ice queens of all time, Catherine Ayers, because she's such a fucking bitch. But like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> watching her melt, but that's not really strictly a romance. The romantic element is very, very strong in it. That first kiss is like, insanely good. And it has, like, a really great kind of snappy dialogue. But if I'm going to pick what I think is, like, the ultimate thawing ice queen book, it's got to be The Music in the Mirror by Lola Keeley. And so I'm going to start by reading the blurb. Okay. Which says, Anna is the newest member of an elite ballet company. Her first class with her mysterious idol, Victoria, almost ruins her career before it starts. When she shows she might be a potential star, Victoria chooses Anna to launch a new season around. Now Anna must face down jealousy, sabotage, and injury, not to mention navigate the circus of friends and lovers within the company. The pressure builds as she knows she must pour everything she has into opening night and to prove to her rivals and herself that Victoria's faith in her is not misplaced. In the process, Anna discovers that she and the daring, beautiful Victoria have a lot more than a talent for ballet in common, and that not every thrilling dance can be found on stage. This is a book that actually started out as fanfic. It was an alternate universe fanfic based on, if I remember correctly, which I'm pretty sure I do, it comes out of Supergirl, which I've never seen. Please don't kind of yell at me. Uh, (laughs) Same. (laughs) But it's the, um, there are a few different pairings in there that people get highly passionate over which is where i'm going to say again don't come at me i didn't write this i don't read in the supergirl fandom i don't (laughs) um but it's the i think it's meant to be the uh whoever supergirl is see that's how little i know somebody's gonna yell at me on twitter about this (laughs) but whoever plays supergirl and then i can't even remember the actor's real name ally mcbeal Calista Flockhart. Calista Flockhart. Her character. Okay. Um, And so it's that, like, it's definitely, it's got that age gap pairing thing. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, in terms of ice queens, like, Victoria, for sure, is, like, one of the iciest. Yes. And it's not like they have instant chemistry or anything like that. Like, sometimes you see in those, um, you see that. But I think the thing that makes this story especially special like really just so beautiful is that there is so much passion in it and it's not just passion for each other but they actually um they really kind of come together over a mutual passion for ballet and because they both love the craft of it so much and they really kind of bond over that 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 then finds its way into their relationship i don't think you could just like take away the ballet like, like if you took away the ballet it wouldn't be the same right because that drives so much of it and it's really interesting like victoria used to be she used to be a principal dancer and she was the one who was like in the spotlight and she had you know she ended up with some kind of an injury as is not uncommon right for athletes of any kind and so now she's kind of like she has to prove that she can put on a really great season. And this is kind of her, in some ways, it's almost like her last shot to really continue to be somebody in this world. 
I'm trying to remember, like, I haven't read this one in a little while, but it's so good. And when the list came out, I was like, no, no, this is definitely like, this is my recommendation. Even if I don't have time to reread the book, people need to read this book because it's so freaking good. And the way she's able to just spot that talent in Anna, that she can see that like, okay, Anna doesn't have all the skills, but she has the raw talent and she has the fire that's necessary. And she does not pull any punches in training her. Like it is rough and it is raw but it's just it's so beautiful the only thing the only warning I'll, I'll i'll give people and i think i actually gave this warning when i reviewed it is that the structure is a little different than what i was used to with most romances because even when you're almost at the very end it's like are these people going to actually end up together oh my god what's happening because usually that's resolved i don't know a good what 10 percent from the end or something right like 90 percent right not so with this book and there is um there's a tiny epilogue which i'm so glad there was i think it really like if there was a book that needed an epilogue this is the one I am greedy, so I wanted more in that epilogue, but it still wraps it up very, very nicely. Because that's a pretty, pretty thick book, if I remember. Isn't it pretty, pretty long? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely it's a full length romance. I don't, uh, I read it on my Kindle, so I don't um. remember for sure. But it's not, it is not a novella, and it's not on like the shorter end of full length romances. So whatever the upper end is, that's probably roughly where it is. It's so good. And like, I really, if you, if you like, you have to like ice queen romances though. If you don't like ice queens, you're going to hate this book. But if you like ice queens, like if you love them, like I do, like this is one of the best of the best, especially for FF romances. Mm -hmm. So that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us and my barking dog who's very mad at probably somebody walking a dog across the street <laughs> um you know what fuck it that's just like that's life in our house the dog barks a lot uh, if, you, <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show please uh subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast so you make sure you don't miss an episode if you do listen on apple Podcasts, please 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 consider uh leaving a rating or a review we love you very much we really appreciate it just to like help other people find the show so they can hopefully get some uh pretty decent recommendations too nice uh, or if you want to connect with us on your favor 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 your favor favor social media sites just search for clearly recommended on instagram twitter or facebook or email us at podcast at clearly recommended.com goodbye everybody bye <laughs>
Okay, she appears to have calmed down. 